Hey, hello. Uh, welcome to Sat King's Therapy, but this is going to be our first uh, special episode. This episode is going to be dedicated uh, specifically for WrestleMania 36. Not only are we Kings fans, we're also pretty big uh, wrestling fans as well. So it's just kind of a thing we want to do. We'll, we'll just see how we feel about it, whether we should just do uh, kind of a solo episode. or well, not a solo episode, but a bonus episode for um, wrestling. Or should we just squeeze it into the end of our uh, King's chatter? So we'll see how this goes. Joining me, uh, Fong Legacy. Hey. Yep. You, you watched WrestleMania 36, and so did I. Uh, we'll just kind of go through WrestleMania. It was a very weird show this year. You know, no crowd. Um, you just had, had basically in the Performance Center, and you just had, you know, you know good old-fashioned wrestling. And... You know, it's kind of it is kind of weird, but it does kind of put wrestling in a different light for me. What, what do you think of the empty arena matches? It it was different, of course. It made you focus more on the match, I guess. But yeah, that, uh, that's my thing with that. Yeah. But what I do like is how it's uh, split up into two nights, like uh, we were talking about, it, instead of sitting through seven, eight hours of pure wwe like even like normally i don't watch the full show like if there's a match i really like i'll watch the full match but just scrolling through the matches for wrestlemania 35 it was brutal like there were pictures of like people just straight up falling asleep (laughs) because it was so long and there are horror stories of like after the show because it was i think in new jersey last year new york new jersey i don't fully remember but like they ended the show at 12 basically like just before 12 at night and people had trouble getting back home because like they had to wait like four hours for an uber or and public transportation was not available that Mm -hmm. horror story Mm -hmm. so but you know on top of the eight hours so and yes i love i love this format i just i hope they do it with a crowd next year just split into saturday and sunday Mm -hmm. okay so we'll go we'll go through the matches and we'll just kind of give our thoughts and you know first thing to start Cesaro versus Drew Gulak on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. The result is Cesaro beats Drew Gulak. Okay, first show on the main card of first of the first night, uh, Alexa Bliss versus uh, the Kabuki and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the, De- the Kabuki Warriors. Jesus, not speak <laughs> of Asuka and Kairi Sane. A pretty good match overall. Um, it, it ends with um, Alexa Bliss hitting a DDT on Kyrie Sane, and she picks up the win. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are—I think this is their second win, second uh, women's tag team win. And uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of cool. <laughs> what do you think, Funk? Uh, uh, it's not bad. I mean, to, uh, both teams are pretty good workers as well. And I believe uh, the Kabuki Warriors had the belts for half a year now. So let me think. I it's about it's quite a few months. I don't yeah. remember when they won it. It's it was late last year. Mm-hmm. And you know they're a pretty good team. And uh, story is is that uh, Kyrie Sane is planning to leave uh, WWE uh, soon. I know. And she, uh, you know, spoiler alert. We do we did record we record this on. Uh, 
was it April 18th? So uh, WrestleMania has been what two weeks? Yeah, it's been two weeks ago. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she got squashed by Shayna Baszler, and uh, yeah, she's planning on leaving, and you can kind of tell. <laughs> um, you know, and Asuka most likely will become a single star. You know, that that's pretty good. Like, I like Asuka. I really like Kyrie Sane. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, you know, I, um, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like they need, I mean, they've been needing a push for a long time. But, uh, uh, and Kyrie's probably not going to get on the main roster because it doesn't seem like Vince gets her. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that if, um, Kyrie really wanted out, I'm surprised she didn't get, um, what is it during the layoffs? The mass, release, the mass yeah. release. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know. Maybe she. Maybe like her contract is like so close to ending. They just didn't bother. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the situation around that. But yeah. So um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross beat Kabuki Warriors, and they are the new women's tag team champions. Next match: uh, Elias versus King Corbin, and just um. I, I, I scrolled through it. I'm not watching that entire match. It it, it was boring, basically. <laughs> like I the the problem with Baron Corbin is that he most of his matches re- result in some sort of rest hold for, for what feels like ten hours, and then you know the baby face slowly works his way up, fires the crowd up. Oh, there's no crowd, but fires up and beats Baron Corbin, and it's the exact same formula. And it is a, and they are both just not really. They, they're both very boring wrestlers. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying they're bad wrestlers, but they're both very boring. And you know, times two, you know, boring two boring wrestlers don't really make a good match. So this was just. Uh, I I couldn't bother watching the whole thing. I just decided to skip ahead. What do you think? I didn't watch it. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, yeah, they're both good wrestlers, but the way they wrestle, it's it's just not appealing. Yeah, and uh, rumor was was that a uh, Gronk was actually supposed to replace Elias. That's what Elias was even teasing it on uh, on social media, saying like, "I might not be able to make it to the match because Bing, Bing Cor- King Corbin pushed him down a balcony, and he quote unquote hit the floor." <laughs> Hit oh, the bare floor. And, okay. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like he's fine. So, okay. yeah, no, no, no Gronk. Gronk was the host of the show. So sorry, for, yeah. uh, we forgot to mention that. But uh, apparently, he he, there was plans for him to actually uh, kind of take take uh, Elias's place, but it did not happen, and we got a very boring match. Uh, Gronk had other plans later in the match or in the show. We shall get to that. Don't don't you worry. Don't you worry. Yes. Okay, uh, next match, uh, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, pretty decent match for the most part. You kind of got what... You, I think this is the first time that... Well, not the first time, but like, you know, first time you see Shayna Baszler go up against an equal, I guess, because she squashed everyone at a Elimination Chamber. You didn't really get a taste of what she could really be other than, you know, a dominating monster. So the finish comes when Shayna Baszler has uh, Becky Lynch in the Carafuta clutch. Becky Lynch basically does a backflip and kind of lands on her feet, but still, but still with her head in the Carafuta clutch. Her Shayna's shoulders are technically still on the on the mat, and uh, Mm -hmm. the ref counts one, two, three, 
and Becky kind of escapes with the win. Uh, it's it's a very it's a, I think this finish has been done twice already. I think I know Ember Moon for sure did it once, but I'm not sure if Kyrie Sane did it another time in NXT. So it was kind of a flat finish to be honest. So what do you think? Yeah, I I did watch the end of this match. It it was a little flat, but I mean, I, Becky won. <laughs> a win's a win. I actually kind of wanted to see Shayna win this one just because I wanted because rumor is is that Ronda Rousey's coming back at some point. Oh, I see. So like you know, I was thinking like maybe Becky Lynch loses it, loses it, and then you build a program, I guess, all the way through to SummerSlam where she gets where she gets the belt back from Baszler, and then you know she finally conquers basically everyone, and Ronda Rousey comes back and. And you kind of build something off of there, hope, and maybe pay it off at maybe next year's WrestleMania. Although I don't want it to be that long, but um, yeah. So I was kind of looking forward to that, but she just beat Baszler, and Baszler. I don't think ba- Baszler is buried, as a lot of people have been kind of saying, but I do think this kind of knocks her down a peg. And you, you know, you kind of sacrifice the entire women's roster to push Shayna, and now Becky just kind of beats her makes her look kind of dumb to be honest and mm-hmm. yeah i don't I'm not sure where they go from here um in the past two weeks they've been kind of teasing a program where um basically uh shana's like saying that wrestling is fake and stuff uh, i'm not i'm not loving it but you know we'll, we'll see where this goes um, a good good match overall but flat finish um next match sammy Zayn versus daniel bryan um uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, it was a good match, uh, mostly with Daniel Bryan kind of chasing uh, uh, Sami Zayn. And Cesaro <laughs> and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura got involved. Drew Gulak got involved. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if memory serves, I, I, watched it, I watched it, I think, a week ago. Um, so, um, basically, Daniel Bryan's about to do some. basically going to finish, uh, finish uh, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn and Drew Gulak says something to him, basically saying, You gotta do this. And he and Daniel Bryan follows his advice. Basically, the finish then comes where uh Daniel Bryan jumps off the top rope. I think he got distracted by Gulak getting attacked, it was what it was. And basically and then Sammy hits a big boot, and apparently it was a it was a haluva kick. <laughs> And yeah, mm-hmm. and then Sammy retains. It was kind of a weird finish, just because it's I don't know. I didn't I don't know. I th- I didn't think it was a haluva kick. I think it was just a weird big boot, and I did not expect the match to end there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what I liked about this match, well, I mean, this was probably one of the first matches where I saw like how WrestleMania is not like the other pay per views was how uh, in the beginning of the match. There was a, t- a point where uh, Dale O'Brien was chasing Sami Zayn, and all of a sudden Shinsuke gets in the way, and then Cesaro gets in the way, and then there's Drew Gulak, and it it didn't seem like it didn't seem right. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, but it's just I prefer for Sami and like Daniel Bryan because they're such amazing wrestlers. I just wanted to see him duke it out. You know, shades of like Sami Zayn versus Nak- versus Nakamura. Like back in the what was it NXT Takeover Dallas, um, during I think WrestleMania 31. 
Oh, I don't. I don't it's, remember. It was the. Were, it was the Shinsuke's debuting match. Yeah, those were the good years for Shinsuke and Sammy. Yeah, so like it's just kind of weird. I just prefer to have like keep it simple. Just let just you know just tell them you know what go out there and do what you guys do. Have an amazing match. I know the crowd's not there, but it would have been amazing. But just kind of kind of a weird overbooked match. A little bit too overbooked for my liking. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, next match. Uh, so it's it was technically supposed to be the tag team uh triple threat ladder match, but uh the report was that uh, the Miz showed up kind of showing symptoms and kind of sick, and so basically he he ended up getting sent home and uh and so it ended up being a triple threat singles uh ladder match with one member from each team. So it's ended up being John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi Kingston. A very fun match for the most part. Uh, what would you think? Yeah, it was a fun match. It, you know, this uh, typical uh, ladder matches you'll see. But uh, yeah, it, it, it seemed missing. <laughs> if, it, if this was a tag team match, it, it must be a triple threat tag team match, not just a triple threat. It seemed, uh, yeah, something's missing. Yeah, it was just... I mean, it, I mean, the whole time I was watching the match, I just couldn't get over it. it was just one, you know, one from each team, and they're all good. They're all good workers, but mm-hmm. it was just kind of weird. It was just kind of we- I had a weird vibe to it for my for me. Uh, oh, yeah. So the finish came when basically all of them, all three guys, are grab onto to some part of the championship, mm-hmm. uh, and then Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Uso kind of has his hand on kind of the hanger up top, yeah. and. Basically, he unhooks it, and so now it's now everyone's you know holding onto a piece of the championship. Uh, basically, uh, Kofi and Jimmy both then headbutt uh, John Morrison, who's holding onto the actual belts, not the hanger. Mm-hmm. And he, they headbutt him. He falls down, but he takes the championship with him, and I think he falls onto a ladder. Right? Yeah, he does. He falls onto a ladder, but he has the championships in his hand, so he ends up winning the match. Creative finish. I, I like it. Um, it was just I just wish they just had the regular match. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it's just been a lot. I think I think you know, Biggie, Jay, and uh, um, the Miz would have added a lot more to this match. Yeah. And, you know, I just felt like there was something missing for me. Right. If Let's just say maybe maybe Miz could have been uh, or someone could have replaced the Miz. What do you think? I like, mean, it would have been kind of weird. I don't know how that would have worked. Yeah, I wouldn't know how it worked, but like for a tag team match like this, I felt like it should be a tag team match. Yeah, um, um, maybe they could have just replaced uh, Miz, but I don't know. Like, I think the chemistry wouldn't be there, and yeah. I don't know. It, it would be. It would just be weird for me. Yeah, I can't think of a person to replace him anyway. I'm pretty sure they can pick a guy from NXT and it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, but like again, it would have been weird. You know, the chemistry issues. You know, it's yeah, it's all the, the all the all the weird vibes basically. Um, okay, uh, on to the next match: uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. So very fun match for the most part. There was actually a false finish where basically I think Seth Rollins got DQ'd, and then they and then they basically made it into a no DQ match, 
and there was a lot of carnage. The finish came when uh, KO gets onto the WrestleMania sign and basically does a what was it a cannonball or swanton? I, I, I just left my mind. I'm gonna say cannonball. I don't remember. Yeah, but basically he he jumps off the sign and basically <laughs> and and uh falls on onto the table with Seth Rollins on it and picks up the win. It was a crazy dangerous uh crazy dangerous uh bump uh you know don't 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 do that so much Kevin. like you're gonna kill yourself okay according to this it's a cannonball then that's one time well yeah so just yeah I, just, I mean like again great great bump just it's a little too dangerous for my liking you know you're gonna want to save your career kevin what would you think of the match uh pretty fun match as well overall yeah i liked how uh kevin owen put his body for the match but yeah at the same time don't want to see him out so early but i enjoyed the match and i'd say kevin owens earned that belt not belt yeah. win. with a win yeah oh yeah there yeah. was no belt oh yeah i know was it wasn't seth rollins the i don't know never mind Never mind. I was like thinking totally something else, but uh, yeah, just the uh, yeah, these two are great workers, and they crafted a good match. And yeah, man, like Seth looks looks like such a douchebag. <laughs> this this gimmick fits him. I like it. I I like to give it the Messiah. It's mm. like it it really is kind of what Roman should have been, but like they just refused to turn Roman heel. And this is kind of, they find they actually were willing to pull the trigger on Seth. And you know it's been something that's been amazing. So yeah, it's just it looks like such a douchebag. <laughs> like you know with the the Messiah and the the man bun and just mm-hmm. the, the gear, the I like how, and everything. Especially the mosaic when he comes out, just pops up right in front, just a big picture of him. Yeah, it just it just fits all together, I'd say. Yeah, man. Again, it's just the like the they you know he really did turn into kind of Roman <laughs> Roman last year, after he, you know he beat the fiend or mm. he did beat the fiend. You know, he actually did. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. So like after that, they you know he just became the most unpopular person like in the company, and they pulled the trigger. It's it's been great. It was the right it was the right thing to do. Okay, uh, next match. Uh, so I really kind of enjoyed this match to a degree. I've, I've not heard much praise for this match. Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Now, uh, I can break, break down this match very easily. Uh, spear, spear, spear. Uh, Braun Strowman gets up. Power slam, power slam, power slam, win. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was basically the match. And you know, uh, you know, I see a lot of people didn't really like it just because there was no build. Like WWE really dropped the ball. They they did not announce the change to Braun Strowman until Friday, and it wasn't like any kind of big announcement with a storyline attached to it. It was literally Michael Cole just randomly brought up a graphic and said, "Oh, it's Braun Strowman now." And yeah, there was no build to this. And it was not, you know, if you're talking about a wrestling match, this was not a good wrestling match. It wasn't crazy, although I would have liked to see what it would have been like with a crowd. It wasn't crazy exciting, but I think the right result happened. Goldberg should not be champion. That really annoyed me when it first happened. Mm -hmm. 
you know, he beat the Fiend, and for some reason, he was the champion. And yeah, I just, I this was more of a result over everything for me. And I think Braun, Braun winning is good. <laughs> Even though, yeah, even though he probably is going to lose it to the feed soon. What were your thoughts? Uh, in my opinion, these type of matches where it lasts only like what? Is this like a two-minute match? This was just over two minutes. Two minutes and tw- ten seconds. Okay. I kind of hate these type of quit matches where they just pull out their, like, the one arsenal they have, which is a spear, 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 jackhammer, but... In this case, Mrs. They didn't do, they did, oh, he tried a jackhammer. No, yeah. Armstrong was too big. <laughs> I, I think oh, that, that was that was another career. thing I really that was another <laughs> thing I really wanted to see. I wanted to see Braun Strowman jackhammer Goldberg, just because like I wanted to see him. I want to see Goldberg inherit or Braun Strowman inherit that move because I don't I don't like the power slam. It just looks too basic for my liking. Mm-hmm. Wait. But, yeah. I wish there was a more wrestling match. Like these type of matches is way too quick to end, especially well, for you like, have to do this kind of match with Goldberg because he's not going a long distance. Remember, the last time that happened, that did not go well. Remember? I know. So yeah, <laughs> I, I actually really, I, I for the most part didn't mind this match. Uh, I don't think you, I don't know if you remember. I think it was WrestleMania 32. Um, for... it was Goldberg versus uh Brock Lesnar. That was actually one of my favorite matches. It was barely, it was just under five minutes, mm-hmm. and it was just finishers. Yeah, where... that was more exciting than the, than this one, of course. Okay, but, yeah, for sure. But I I thought this match was okay. Again, again, I'm probably clouded by the right result because I really did not want Goldberg to win. No, yeah, for sure, Braun should have won, but. Okay, uh, last match: uh, Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't watch it in full just because I did think it was a bit goofy. <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight <laughs> face watching it, to be honest. Yeah. It was a bit goofy. Um, basic, this is basically a Buried Alive match, but apparently uh, they didn't want to call it a Buried Alive, you know, considering the times. They called it a Boneyard match, and we basically got a cinematic match with, you know, Biker Taker and. With the ultimate result, he ended up burying AJ Styles, kind of killing Luke Gallows and killing <laughs> killing a Carl Anderson. And uh, yeah, um, it was a it's an interesting match. What would you think? It was it was really different. I don't think I've seen something like this in a while. I can't remember when, but overall, I think the only other time was the final deletion. Yeah, overall, I thought. This type of Undertaker, the Biker Taker, should have came back a lot sooner. The rumor was he was supposed to come back as Biker Taker at WrestleMania 33, but yeah, after he lost the uh, streaks. Uh yeah, after the Rome, because like Rome, because I, I like looking back, like they, you know, they really, I think, really wanted should have just ended the Undertaker at 32. Because that was the perfect ending. That was the retirement of the dead man gimmick, and I guess they kind of wanted to get around it, have um, have Undertaker appear as a biker taker, so that it didn't count. Mm-hmm. But now, now you kind of have the return of biker taker, and you know, like it was, it, it was an interesting match. Like you know, of course, Undertaker can't really work a match anymore. He can't really move all that well anymore. Yeah. So like this, this did a great job in just kind of covering a lot of. You know the limitations of uh, Taker nowadays. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, it was it was a fun. It was kind of fun for the most part. Oh yeah, Oopies. especially the some of Taker's comments, like some things that Taker says that you don't see him say ever in the Undertaker, uh, like in his lifetime as the Undertaker. You insult my wife. <laughs> How old I am. <laughs> Yeah, so it it was fun to just see him kind of talk trash to uh, uh, uh AJ Styles. Uh, the finish of the match basically comes the, the match, quote unquote, uh, kind of comes when um, uh, I think AJ was about to bury him, and then he kind of just teleports. I guess you know, Biker Taker apparently can teleport right behind uh, AJ. I think kicks him into the grave and buries him. Mm-hmm. Again, very, very, very interesting. A bit goofy, but overall fun match. And you know, yeah. this this could be a real thing going forward. Yeah, with these kind of edits, you could really make the Taker shine in his persona. Yeah, and Mick Foley uh, tweeted on Twitter, "Is like, can I be in a Boneyard match?" Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he might. He might be back next year. And this, again, this kind of opens the door for a lot of fun things i hope it just does not get even more goofy okay all right so that will be the end of night one let's move on to night two um this you know uh all right let's get started with the pre-show i don't really know what to say about night two just yet uh live on the pre-show live morgan defeated natalia uh don't really care basically i don't yeah. like they're trying to push live morgan because she's blonde basically what like, that's Vince likes blondes. It's kind of a thing with him. That's that's a thing. What? Yeah, it's a. If you kind of notice, like I think if you count the people who have beaten Asuka, there are uh-huh. most of them are blonde, uh, other than like Becky. Well, that's kind of sad. Yeah. So Vince has a fondness for blondes, and um, yeah. So they're kind of giving Liv Morgan kind of a push. Like they were like de- debuting all these promos for her when she, before she came back, and then she was the lesbian lover of Lana, and then they dropped that, and then they just constantly try to weirdly push her ever since. Uh, again, it was an okay match from what I saw, and uh, but yeah, it's just like I, WWE hasn't given me a reason to really care, and you know it's the pre-show, but it's kind of just. There were no stakes. I could, I didn't get invested. What do you think? Hmm. I didn't watch the match. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the main show. Uh, so the main show started uh, night two. Started with Charlotte Ch- Charlotte Flair beating uh, Rhea Ripley and, uh, for the NXT Women's Title. It was a good match. It was a pretty fun match for the most part. You know, these two are really good workers. Charlotte Flair. You know despite like all of her kind of shoving being shoved down her throats uh is a very good wrestler and it was a very good match and charlotte flair is your new nxt women's champion after making uh rhea ripley tap out to the figure eight what were your thoughts on the match yeah this match i actually did tune into but only halfway through but overall i gotta say really good wrestlers really good uh really good uh show or match overall, um, but I don't know if I'm updated with WWE as much. But I didn't know Charlotte Flair was in the NXT. Uh, so 
But yeah, basically, she won the Royal Rumble, so she challenged Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. And basically, well, there's no, I don't think there's a real kayfabe reason other than that, but the reason why is because they want to put her on NXT so that it could spike up the ratings to beat AEW. And, you know, last for the last few weeks, uh, NXT has beaten AEW, although it mm-hmm. doesn't really involve Charlotte. It, it's been taped already, but... Yeah. So, yeah, that was the kind of the idea of it. And, you know, it makes sense, you know, and you also open like a like a real treasure chest of matches she can have or Charlotte Flair can have with a she's going to face Io Shirai uh, in a few weeks. And that's going to be fire. I think so. So, yeah, like you you open up, you, you open up a treasure chest and like. Um, I've heard speculation that this is to kind of build up Ripley too, because Ripley will come back and kind of have like a little redemption story, essentially. And yeah, that that would be a good good story, and you know, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. NXT is doing it right right now. NXT is great. Like it's uh, like I don't know why it doesn't get more viewers. Like I, I guess WWE and WWE doesn't promote it all that well either. I think no, that's the main problem. They really and, don't. So yeah, like if honestly, if they just kind of put like their promotion, their like marketing team behind it, like I think they, I think it's because it's an amazing product, and I think it could easily be AEW every 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 week. But you know, um, that they don't do that, and I don't know why. I think Vince doesn't really like NXT. That's why. But um, okay, uh, moving on to the next uh, match: Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. For no reason, basically. Um, this yeah, there was no storyline going into it. I we I, I've tried to look. <laughs> there was no story. I think I, I think it was supposed to be Rusev, but they didn't want to put Rusev since he's leaving the company. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Alistair Black won with a black mask. Uh, after basically Bobby Lashley had the match won, but Lana said no, spear him. So. Bobby Lashley gets ready, gets waits for Alistair Black to stand back up, goes to spear him, Black Mask to the face, uh, one, two, three, and uh, Alistair Black wins. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's one of those matches that it's like, why is it in here? It should have been like maybe a pre-show, maybe I'd yeah, say. I don't know what? Well, what? Oh, well, I've been this... watching. I mean, watching Liv Morgan and Natalia on, on the main show. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't know. this should be a little earlier, I'd say. Uh, so, second match isn't too bad. Like, you don't want it to be the opening match, and mm-hmm. I think the second match is fine. It's just, it's just why. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, there's no real storyline behind this. Rusev's not in it because of the, you know, he's leaving. So, it's it's like. <sighs> I don't know. It's it's something that you could watch just for the wrestling, I guess. Yeah, I do like Alistair Black, though. I, I love Alistair Black. He, yeah. he should really get pushed too. <laughs> it's one of the. It's it's another one of those things where I think Vince just doesn't get it. Because like he tried to make him do catchphrases, and that was cringeworthy. And uh. like you know, I, and you know, like he has a lot of tattoos, and it's kind of a. Thi- like a guy like Vince won't get that kind of look. I was like, what was he supposed to be? That's a horrible. That's a horrible uh, impersonation. Sorry about that. All right, let's move on to the next match. Okay, uh, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. 
Now, I've been very invested in this storyline. I've loved this storyline for the most part. They kind of played it up very well. Uh, if you if you guys did, didn't know, this basically started in December of last year, where basically, I think, I think uh, it started with Otis giving Mandy something, and then Mandy gave him something back, and then uh, Otis asked uh, Mandy Rose for a date on Valentine's Day, and when that date happened, uh, Dolph Ziggler kind of intercepted, basically. And then they started dating, and then Mandy gets mad because he thought she thought that Otis stood her up, and she starts kind of dating Dolph. And then all of a sudden, uh, on Friday, on Friday, the hacker man uh, showed him showed them secret footage of basically Sonya Deville setting up uh, Dolph Ziggler to intercept the date, basically to try and stop her, stop Mandy Rose from getting with Otis, and. Now they're now that the truth is out there. Otis is now fighting Dolph, and overall, I mean, I didn't really care for the match that much. It was a it, like uh, we'll, we'll skip to the finish, but the finish is basically um, basically uh, Mandy Rose comes out, um, basically slaps uh, Sonya Deville, and then low blows Dolph Ziggler, and uh, Otis does the caterpillar and pins him. The only thing with this match is that I didn't really like that, you know, Otis did the Caterpillar. I wanted to see him just, you know, be serious and murder Dolph. You know, there's no crowd there, so there's no reason to really do the Caterpillar. I think, <laughs> I, I know that's technically his finishing move, but I'd rather him just finish him some other way, you know. But, you know, uh, the story basically ends with uh, Otis, uh, Otis kissing Mandy Rose, and uh, we get a happy ending. Hey! <laughs> Again, I love this story. I, I, this, I feel like this, ha this is how it had to end, and I'm glad it had a happy ending. What, what'd you think? Yeah, overall, this, um, this match had a good story behind it. It's just, uh, the match. I wish, yeah, it was a little, had a little pop to it. Then again, I, I do like Dolph Ziggler. I, I loved him as a wrestler. I liked him in the ring. And uh, seeing him in this match, uh, it was he seemed fine, I guess. I was talking to a guy on Twitter, and you know, he was basically I was like asking him. He he's a he covers the Kings, and like he basically loves wrestling too. And I was I asked him what he thought of the storyline. You know, he said basically, like um, like he you know, it's your kind of I guess typical love story i guess in a way guy gets girl but loses the girl to a ha more handsome man you know that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah and basically he basically i told i and then i said to him like well this storyline has made dolph ziggler a mega heel for me because he he is the biggest asshole in the story and mm. and then he said well dolph ziggler's always been the best as a heel but I don't know. I, I I have a I have a soft spot for Dolph Ziggler. Uh, it basically it was a 2016 No Mercy. He had the the match uh with the Miz here yeah. right here in Sacramento, mm -hmm. and that was one of the best match. And that was basically the best match I ever saw in person. So yeah, that's probably the best match of the whole like No Mercy. I'd say. Yeah, pretty much. And like it was it was the biggest pop of the night. And you know, like I think him as a face, honestly, would. Be just the best, but I, I you know Dolph does 
does what he's told and he's good at it and he's an amazing mm-hmm. wrestler so you know always have a soft spot for Dolph Ziggler but I prefer him to be a face he's been a heel for I think a little too long yeah I wouldn't mind him seeing him as a face but so far as a heel that I've seen he's he's always been good yeah he's good it's just you know it's just one of those things where I think he's better as a face mm-hmm. he's got he's got that baby face kind of vibe to him for me uh, on to the next match. Uh, Edge versus Randy Orton. Last man standing match. Okay, I'm going to just tell you that this match lasted for 36 minutes, apparently. 36? It felt, oh. 36 minutes. And, and you know, it, it was basically them brawling all around the performance center. They go into the offices. They go all over the place. They, they, at one point, they fight in the gym. Yeah, uh, and, and go through a very controversial spot. Uh, it basically, um, Randy Orton, I think, wraps some wi- wraps like these um, these cables for these weight machines around uh, around uh, Edge's neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Edge's neck. And I don't remember what ha- ended up happening. I think he just ended up breaking free. But for but for those of you who aren't on the internet, basically this was. This this basically hit really close to home for the Chris Benoit suicide because that's how Chris Benoit committed suicide. He basically wrapped a little cable around his uh, neck and then basically hung himself. So there were, that was a lot. That was kind of what a lot of people talked about during this match, other than it being super long. Uh, yeah, and I kind of agree with a lot of people where basically most of the match could have been cut out. You you easily could have cut out 16 minutes from this. Oh yeah, he was just kind of fighting in the office, just kind of run, throwing them into things, and then just grunting. Mm-hmm. Oh, back and forth. Then when the guy who's down somehow gets back, and it becomes a more back and forth. I don't it's... know why. A part of me wanted wanted them to do more cinematics with this match. To be honest, cinematics. I mean, it seemed like this match overall had a lot of cuts. If you know what I mean. And somehow it was still 36 minutes, which is amazing. Yeah. I wonder how long the actual match was. Probably took them a while to record. (laughs) Probably. Uh, So the finish of the match basically comes when um, Edge does a concerto, almost like crying, basically. It really sold the emotion of the match. You know, we complain about the length of the match, but like it built to that finish, which I thought was really cool. Like him basically on the verge of tears, really good acting job by him. Like on the verge of tears, Concerto um, counts to 10 and then wins. And they played the greatest music of all time. Edge's theme song is my favorite. Oh, yeah. Great theme song. Yeah. So, yeah, other than it being very long, I mean, it told a good story. I think there's just so much story to it. And, you know. Again, she should have just shaved off about 15 minutes of this, but still, a very good story. Could have done without 20, without it being 36 minutes, though. Okay, uh, next one, Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Now, it, um, Austin Theory is filling in for uh, Andrade, because Andrade, I think, got injured. I don't think he's sick, but I think he actually got injured. And he, so that's why Austin Theory is there. Uh, pretty good match overall, I think. Um, you know, Angel Garza, like he's got a, he, he's he's got something. Austin Theory, I'm not really into yet. Um, what what would what, you think? Uh, yeah, like you said, Angel has something going on. 
Uh, hopefully he doesn't get buried if he ever comes up to the roster. He is on the main roster now. I oh, think. he is now? Oh, that's right. Well, let's hope for the best for him. Austin Theory, I don't think, is on the uh, is on the main roster. I think he was just literally just there to fill in. Yeah, it's, it's one of those fun matches, fun, like, break matches, I'd say. Uh, yeah, and I like the Street Profits. They're pretty energetic guys. <laughs> oh, it, did you want? Uh, do you hear them? They kept on yelling like WrestleMania every ten seconds. Yeah, I mean, I kind of blocked that out. I, I kind of skipped around too because wasn't really that into this match to be honest. But it, it was pretty fun from what I saw. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Next match. Oh, uh, Street Profits beat uh, Angel Garza and Austin Theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, on to the next match. This match I was actually pretty intrigued by. Uh, Fatal Five Way. Uh, Bailey defends her title against Lacey Evans, Naomi, and Sasha Banks and Tamina. So, so this, hmm, this, ah, god damn it. Okay, this match starts out with kind of Tamina looking strong, and then everyone gangs up on Tamina and eliminates her. And oh damn it, I don't have it in my notes here. I don't know who gets eliminated. I think no, Naomi gets eliminated next, and then Lacey Evans is uh, basically goes up against uh, Shasha Banks and Bailey, mm-hmm. and basically she goes she has to go one on two, and towards the end, basically uh, Bailey dodges the women's right, but in a very kind of cool move, somehow flips it and hits Sasha Banks right in the face. Mm-hmm. And she pins Sasha Banks, eliminates her, and it becomes a Bailey versus Lacey Evans match for a bit. And right when Lacey Evans looks like she got the advantage, Sasha Banks surprisingly comes back and backstabs uh, Lacey Evans, letting Bailey hit the uh, hit her finisher. I d- don't remember what it's called, but it's like a face it's like a face buster type thing, face breaker like. I don't I don't know the name, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, she she hits her finisher and wins the match. And Bailey and Sasha Banks are still friends, even though Bailey kind of kind of got uh, Sasha Banks eliminated. Um, this is set. This is probably set to kind of you know begin their slow breakup, and it's I think it's going to be a pretty fire storyline. What do you think? Yeah, I would like to see how. Uh... The storyline progresses from here on out. Um, overall, the match—it's a—I'd say it's another typical match for WWE. I thought it was pretty good. It, it, it had me—it had me pretty intrigued for the most part because I was kind of waiting for the Sasha, the, kind of Sasha Banks to attack Bailey or one of the one of the two, or maybe Bailey attacks Sasha. Mm-hmm. Like it had that storyline element to it, and I liked it. And you know, these are mostly pretty much all of them are good workers. Tamina. Still is kind of green somehow, even though she's been at this for like five years. But, um, but yeah, like I thought, I thought it was a good match. Um, okay, now this was I think just amazing. So <laughs> the Fiend, okay, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena in a Firefly f- Funhouse match. I'll get this out of the way first. Uh, there, are, like. Uh, Brian Alvarez and I think Dave Meltzer too have basically kind of shitted on this quote unquote match and saying that this was not a match. It, it wasn't. It really wasn't much of a match. It was a, a very long cinematic that basically went through the past of uh, John Cena. And the, it basically was a story. It was a long, long story. So, yes, it is not a match, but you, ca- I, you, 
you can I don't think you can really deny that it told an amazing story. What do you think? Yeah, I I gotta say it was a very entertaining, uh, so-called cinematic. I uh, thought it was just amazing, just what they put in there. Yeah, for a split second, I thought it was a promo coming out. As I like, oh okay, but like just a few minutes in, I'm like, this isn't the promo. This is the actual like what we're getting, and uh, it's 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 a I gotta say how they like put it out and how they structured it. Pretty good. Uh, got me some laughs. Got me. It's very entertaining. It it really just shows that Bray Wyatt is a genius. So we'll kind of we'll, I'll try to break it down as much as I could. So basically, John Cena makes his entrance, and I think he does his pose, and then is immediately transported to the Firefly Funhouse set. Mm, yeah. So then he kind of he then he opens the door where it has like a. Is it abandon all hope for all who leave here or something like that? So then he, so then he, he opens the door, goes in, is transported to, uh, basically when he first debuted, and he goes into the ring, and this is a callback to his debut against Kurt Angle, and basically in the place of Kurt Angle now is Bray Wyatt in his Mister Rogers getup. He swings at Bray Wyatt, yelling ruthless aggression. He misses. And then he he yells ruthless aggression a few more times and swings a few more times, each time missing with Bray Wyatt kind of taunting him with different taunts. And at one point, he even brings up a Nikki Bella, like a Nikki Bella insult, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, or he brings up Nikki Bella. And basically, that is a reference to back when he first debuted, he couldn't he couldn't get over. Basically, he was, do- he was doing this uh, current angle match multiple times a week, but... Or no, uh, for multiple weeks, but he just wasn't getting over, and he was on the verge of getting fired. Basically, at that point, this is a so this this was a reference to that. Then it it goes to kind of like a Saturday Night Live um, wrestling show, and basically, I forgot he had a name. John Cena had a name, but basically, he was working out. He was just lifting weights. Then he kind of blows out his arm, and. That is a reference. So that is a reference to basically saying, saying that it didn't matter how good you were at wrestling, and you just had to have the big muscle. And John Cena's name during that segment was a reference to uh, basically how he wasn't like a good wrestler, but he had big muscles, and that's what really mattered. And also, apparently, when he blew out his arm, that's a reference to Vince hating people who or wrestlers who can't. Who, who don't have their hands up, basically. Yeah, a lot of Vince references <laughs> in this uh, that in this match. Uh, we'll, that that we'll get into later. Then it goes to basic thugonomics, and basically, uh, John Cena kind of roasts him, says some really hurtful things, and then basically Vince, or not Vince, uh, Bray kind of like says, "You're really mean, John Cena." Like that, like all you do is that you just insult people, you put people down, and essentially calls him a bully, and then gives him a chance to apologize. I don't remember the exact words he used, but basically he just then, um, then John Cena says you can you can suck on these nuts, something something along those lines, and basically that is him essentially ignoring what everyone is saying and just continuously insulting people being the asshole that he is and then this was the most interesting part to me then it goes the nwo and then 
And basically, Eric Bischoff is on the screen, and he's talking about basically. It's basically trying to say that um, say that John Cena is Hollywood Hulk Hogan because back in the day in WCW, uh, Hulk Hogan like basically ran the company in a way because he was friends with Eric Bischoff and he basically just were because he was friends with Eric Bischoff he just got whatever he wanted and that and that uh, this is in reference to how. Uh, John Cena is friends with with Vince McMahon, and that's basically how he's kind of stayed on top for so long. It was just a a great way to tell a story, and of course, you, you had the really good line of uh of the uh, Vince McMahon puppet, the Mister Mister McBoss man. He says that's this is such good shit, which by the way is a T-shirt now, um, which I'm really tempted to buy. But that is a reference to uh, the Dean Ambrose uh, Talk is Jericho interview, where basically uh, Jericho, or not Jericho, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley now is basically kind of imitating Vince, saying that this is kind of like a phrase that he used, that Vince uses a lot, where he really likes something. He says, that's such good shit. That's the reference to that. And then it goes to, and then basically, uh, Bray kind of goes back to the cult leader when he first debuted it as uh, as was it the as Bray Wyatt. Basically, they kind of recap WrestleMania 30 and how the storyline of that of that match of uh, that feud back in WrestleMania 30 was for John Cena to embrace the hate, to accept the darkness in his heart. And so they then replay a portion of the match where basically he dares uh, Bray Wyatt kind of dares John Cena to basically give into the darkness, hit him with a steel chair, and then they and then they come back to the match where it's the exact same scenario. And this time, he makes uh, he makes John Cena give into the darkness and hits him with a chair. And that is a symbolism for for John Cena giving away, basically giving into the darkness, giving into the hatred, and that lets the fiend beat him. Basically, and I just recapped. I think just about everything in that match. It's just how brilliant uh, Bray Wyatt is. It's just incredible. What what what, what did you think? <laughs> like I said, it's it's just such a great cinematic. I mean, I, I couldn't even ca- re- I couldn't even recap everything. There's even more in there. Yeah, like with all the references, I I, I only could catch uh, ever so many, but it's just so entertaining, especially since Cena's now an actor. <laughs> yeah, and you know he kind of showed off some acting chops a little bit, although it wasn't wasn't that much. But like it's just, it just it just it was just amazing. This was this was. Again, not a match, but this was my favorite part of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It was wacky as hell, but it just, it was for, it had a reason to it. And like, it just, it beautifully wrote together a story and it had a beautiful ending. So much symbolism in it. It was brilliant. Uh, Fiend beats John Cena, essentially kind of avenging that loss all the way back in WrestleMania 30. Great, great, great moment. And last match of the night, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. In shades of the Goldberg versus Braun Strowman match, basically finishers. Finishers, they just skipped all that silly wrestling stuff and just hit finishers. Uh, 
I think, yeah, so it basically starts out with uh, Brock hitting Drew McIntyre with some suplexes and then an F5. Drew kicks out at one, which was pretty in, which was pretty incredible. And you see Brock's face. He was pretty shocked, too. Hits him with a few more F5s, gets, gets a two count. And then on the final F5, I forgot, I think it was the fifth F5. He ba- basically, uh, Drew counters, hits a Claymore, hits another Claymore. I think hits a three claymores and then a fourth one. I don't remember if there was a fourth one. I think there was yeah, a fourth one. There's yeah. a fourth one. Yeah, hits a fourth claymore and picks up the win, which shocked me. I, I was I thought it was going to be a little bit more, but again, you know, quick simple match skipped all that silly wrestling stuff and just went straight to the finish. It, it was fun and drew one right result. And it's it's too bad that the crowd wasn't there because that first kick out would have been. Would have gotten so much such big um such a big pop. pop yeah yeah so yeah it just sucks and you know he is the new champion you know well deserved and i'm happy because brock isn't champion at least for now uh and the right guy and i this is a i think this is going to be a good run for drew it looks like he's going to be facing seth rollins at money in the bank hmm and there, there is a, there is an extra match that that apparently happened like right after this, which was Drew McIntyre versus Big Show, which aired on Monday Night Raw for the oh. main event for the main event uh, on the next episode. Uh, Drew did beat Big Show. That was actually for the championship. Apparently, no I way. Didn't, I, I didn't know that. And I apparently, and apparently, like it. Well, I, I didn't watch it live, but a lot of people actually bought into uh, Big Show winning because there was a moment where it looked like he was about to win. Yeah, there really was. But then uh, Drew, uh, but then Drew just claymored him. Yeah, him. I, I mean, look at this match or that match, the Big Show match. I thought it was just a promotion for his Netflix show. That's what I thought it was. I was, yeah. I was like, I remember just like, why is Big Show back again? And then I think they just literally said, "Watch the Big Show show." I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I didn't know that was a title match. Jeez. It was a title match, and that. You know, well, it doesn't really matter. He didn't. He didn't win. So that yeah. that that would sound disappointing too. That would sound. That would be horrible. I think that'd be that. That's that. That I think that'd be just as bad as the Goldberg one. Well, that is basically WrestleMania 36. Uh, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed this episode. Yeah, maybe we'll actually like do this as solo episodes because it feels like this episode's run pretty long. Kind of with me, uh, just marveling over how good the uh firefly fun firefly funhouse match was mm. yeah uh, ho- hopefully you guys have enjoyed it uh, and you know if you know like maybe next wrestlemania we can recap it again in this format or we can maybe just kind of lump it into uh into one of our uh king's discussions as well um yeah so uh and we'll probably catch you on the next uh king's a King's Focus pod, uh, Sack King's Therapy podcast, where I think we'll be talking about Luke Walton. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right. See you guys later.